0: Alicia Lockhart. And I'm
1: LaDonna Humphrey. Welcome to Deep Dark Secrets, the podcast that shines a light in dark places. Today, we are going to cover yet another case connected to the death fetish community. This case resulted in multiple fetishers behind bars. Woo-hoo! Right? On July 9th, 2012, two pairs of large masculine fetisher hands keyed in their passwords on a website called dark fetish net. I hate that website, Alicia.
0: Yeah, it's my least favorite one. It's the
1: worst. So they logged into the dark fetish net and they started to talk to each other about their deepest, darkest desires and secrets. The username meat market man typed out a post detailing his lust to kill and eat his victims. Can you believe that? What he had said really resonated with another username called Girl Meat Hunter. I mean, these are horrible, horrible screen names. So Girl Meat Hunter replies and offers to send Meat Market Man a list of the girls, Alicia, that he has, quote unquote, available. And he added that he
0: charges $5,000 to deliver his victims. $5,000. So this is like... A business for him. He's delivering victims on Dark Fetish Net to people who uh, who want to eat them? That's what it Disgusting. sounds like. Yeah, human
1: trafficking much? Ugh. So Meat Market Man responds and says maybe he could come to Girl Meat Hunter's area, assist with the kidnapping, and teach Girl Meat Hunter how to prepare a girl for cooking,
0: and he bragged that he had already eaten two victims. Ugh. Is he trained to get a discount? Is that why he wants to come help?
1: I don't know. I, when I read that, I thought, wow, he's cheap. Um, I don't mean to make light of this, but
0: just. No, that's exactly what I was thinking as you were saying that. It seemed like he was trying to cut some costs there and he was going to do a barter instead. Now, I'm reading
1: this and I'm over here trying not to get sick, Alicia. I mean, it's so hard to believe that a place like this is real. Or that two strangers would really chat on an internet forum about a grizzly plan to kidnap and eat women. I mean, it, it's gruesome. But what I want the listeners to understand is that Dark Fetish Net is real.
0: Yeah, this website is, oh, it's a terrifying website. We came across Dark Fetish Net in our research of the deaf fetish community. And even more frightening than that conversation we just went over is the fact that this website is still around today. We found it a year ago, and you can still find it today. If you type in www.darkfetishnet.com and you hit enter, you're going to see it right away. It's a purple and black website that'll load, and it has this banner that says, A Friendly Place for All People with Dark Fantasies a friendly place where we like to eat people. I mean, come on. Yeah. The login page is about the only thing that's friendly about the website. If you go in there, if you go ahead and register a username, you're going to have to wait for an email back that allows you to activate your account. Because I think they're like screening everybody that signs up there or something. They want to make sure nobody gets in there that's going to expose them. But Once you're inside, you'll be like us. You'll want to throw up, too, once you see what's in there, because the posts in there are just grotesque. It's just like photograph after photograph of dismembered limbs or um, women that are purple or just blood-soaked, everything, and people writing out these very lascivious, grotesque fantasies about these photographs.
1: Yuck! 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 The yuck. people.
0: Oh. Yeah, it's just it's disgusting, and it's right there in your face as soon as you log in. And the people on Dark Fetish Net, they are like a special breed. They are especially unhinged and unfiltered. It's like the worst of the death fetishers are perusing this website, and I don't know how it accomplished this, but the culture of that death fetish forum just seems more graphic and more gritty and like more real than some of the others. It really feels like everybody on that site is ready to just pounce. Did you kind of get that sense when you logged in there, LaDonna? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I had not been a
1: member very long before my inbox was filling up with requests. You know, it's like they're trying to corrupt the newbie as soon as they log in and to see what I was up for it. It was honestly the worst of the worst for sure. And it's the site that brings me fear and dread.
0: Yeah, it's freaky. And Dark Fetish Net is actually run by this man in Russia. He's been creating Death Fetish communities since the like early to mid-90s. He had a Russian news group page that was like one of the first places that anybody could find this kind of content and so he's made multiple websites over his time but he he frightens me the fact that he is just so dedicated to this topic this community and creating public spaces for people who want to sit around and um conspire about who they're going to hurt who they're going to rape who they're going to kill it's just yeah, it's, it's horrifying. It's frightening. And he created a space,
1: you know, for people like I was talking about earlier, Girl Meat Hunter and the Meat Market Man. This is who he's catering to. So if I can maybe dive back into that story, you know, Girl Meat Hunter would post photos of real women in his life, including photos of his own wife, Kathleen. Oh my gosh. Can, can you imagine that? That's terrible and low to post photos of people that you knew, including your own wife.
0: And he would. So ugly, that means he's probably he's fantasizing about doing these kinds of things to people that he knows.
1: He was absolutely. He had to have been. Why would you include them in your quote unquote fantasy life otherwise? I mean, I don't know. But he was uploading these photos to an album that he had entitled Cook Them or Kill Them think like it's a game show. That's what it sounds like. On today's <laughs> episode of deathfetish.net, cook them or kill them. I mean, again, I'm not trying to make light of it. It's just this is real and it's really happening and I want people to understand how awful it is. So, he's made this album, cook them or kill them, and he's got users that are leaving comments and they're describing the precise way they would kill the woman in the photo and whether or not they would want to eat her as well. So it wasn't just girl meat hunter and meat market man that wanted to cook and kill women. It was many people in darkfetish.net, and he was allowing them to talk about people he knew and how they would kill them or eat them or both.
0: And I'm sure that was probably amusing to him to be living in these two worlds where he goes into dark fetish net and he's got this group of people that are just salivating over his wife or other women that he he knew and posted photos of. That is so creepy that he like knew that in his head as he was interacting with these women.
1: Creepy, that's a good description, definitely, but uh, to make matters worse, girl meat hunter liked to chat with others who had the same fantasies that he did and he loved, I mean, loved to go back and forth and create these intricate step-by-step plans with details, and even sometimes dates, Alicia, of when these plans of murder and cannibalism were going to be carried
0: out. That's so it. creepy. So it's not just a fantasy then for him, it seems. No, he had actual plans. And
1: he he loved to fantasize about one woman in particular. And her name was Kimberly. And she was one of the women he knew in real life. And he had posted in his cooker cook or kill them album and wrote i really want her to suffer i just can't wait to get kimberly cooking ew this has got me wondering who was girl Meat hunter really who were they in real life
0: well i've got the answer to that because i have been reading about this man for over a week his true name is Gilberto Valli, and by day, Gilberto worked as a police officer in New York. Get out of town! A police officer? Yeah, he, so he is protecting and serving in the daytime, and then at midnight, he turns into the cannibal kidnapper on Dark Fetish Net. Oh,
1: I'm stunned. I'm actually, yeah, that's disturbing.
0: Yeah, Gilberto's got quite the range there. So just to give you a little background information on Gilberto, he was born on April 14th, 1984, and he was raised in Queens, New York. Gilberto described his childhood as being completely normal. He said that he was popular, he had a lot of friends, he played baseball and was an honor student in high school, and he even made the dean's list at at the University of Maryland, where he graduated college, and he graduated with a degree in psychology. And I find that fascinating because whenever I hear about somebody like this who, you know, he's into cannibal kidnapping fantasies, but he has a degree in psychology. And that just makes me feel like His interest in psychology was probably just like a tool in his manipulating people toolbox.
1: I think so. But I also sometimes wonder if, you know, because we've seen other fetishers that have had, you know, an interest in psychology. I have to wonder, is that sometimes a means to help them understand their own strange desires to kidnap and eat people? I mean, could that be part of it?
0: Yeah, I think so. You know, sometimes when people have mental health struggles, they they want to keep it to themselves or they want to fix it themselves. So he absolutely could have been studying that to try to understand himself better as well. That's an interesting take on it. So. His life was, you know, pretty normal at this point. He was doing pretty well, and it continued to get better. In 2006, he joined the New York City Police Department. That's when he first became an officer. And people that knew him around this time had said that he was conservative, very polite. People described him as an old-school guy. So, you know, just like a man's man, old-fashioned, just kind to people. They certainly had no idea what was really going on inside of his head. I'm sorry. And when you said that, I'm thinking to myself,
1: an old school cannibal. Okay, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah.
0: that is, no, like a survivalist back in the dark ages when you had to eat people. I mean, yeah, they, they had no idea that that was sort of an ironic way to describe him, but He went on in 2010 to get married to a woman named Kathleen. They wound up having a daughter in 2012, and she was happy with Gilberto. They had a a good relationship up until that point. They were excited about their child. Gilberto usually would get home around midnight. And so his wife and daughter were already asleep when he would come home. And this is when he would go and log on to Dark Fetish Net. (laughs) Yes, he he was sneaking around in the dark at his house, wife and baby in the other room.
1: It just makes me sick. Just blows my mind.
0: Yeah, it's it's pretty gross. So they're sleeping soundly and he's over there getting on dark fetish net. And sources say that he first started accessing dark fetish net just around the time of his daughter's birth. So as soon as his wife was a little bit occupied, a little bit distracted, he started to view these these dark websites. But he was no stranger to dark fantasies. He actually admits that he had disturbing fantasies that started like right around puberty when he was a teenager. And he said that he first noticed these fantasies when he was watching some TV and there was a a television program that showed a woman being tied up. And... So that's like the first thing he can remember really catching his interest. And he is quoted as saying, I had this fantasy life on the side that I never told anyone about. I knew all this stuff would freak people out, so I kept it to myself. So it sounds like he didn't even talk to anybody about all of this when it started as a teenager. He had just gotten in the habit of keeping this quiet. His wife had no idea that he had dark fantasies. Yeah, he had a lot to
1: lose if people found out.
0: Yeah, the job he had, everything was at stake. And he, as we can see, still chose to kind of go down this path and start exploring these web pages and these people that were. The, I guess the other death fetishers there, he felt excited about the communications there. So he would get home and he would start chatting with the other users. And there were many, many, many chats in his inbox on Dark Fetish Net really long threads with other users that he would go back and forth with about the sick and twisted fantasies. When they seized his computer, they found there were 24 different users that he had had very deep, long-spanning chats with about kidnapping, raping, torturing, killing, and cannibalizing women. And there were more than a hundred targets, including his wife. Wow. Yeah, it's like sobering to just hear that more than a hundred targets he had for these plans. He was obsessed.
1: Oh, that sounds like it.
0: So 24 conversations going back and forth there. Uh, In 21 of the conversations, Gilberto made sure to mention to the other person that this was just a fantasy. So he's quoted as saying, no matter what I say, it's make-believe.
1: Oh, well, it gets worse, Alicia, because in three of his conversations, he claimed that he was sincere in his intentions to kidnap, rape, torture, kill, and cannibalize women. In fact, his chats with Meat Market Man actually fell into those categories.
0: And he- What do you think the deal was there? Why would he tell 21 out of 24 people, this is just fantasy, but then in three of the conversations be like, I'm so serious. Why do you think he was doing that? I think that he had some
1: sort of bond with Meat Market Man. You know, I think maybe they just clicked. As weird as that sounds, I feel like they became dark fetish besties.
0: In the three conversations where he was telling people he was sincere, you feel like those were the ones he was being the most honest in then? Yes, I think he felt
1: the most comfortable with Meat Market Man.
0: Mm-hmm. And two other people, because he had said that to three different users. Yeah, absolutely. But I think Meet Market Man may have been his favorite. I mean, I
1: could be wrong, but I, that's just... Well, their
0: usernames are so similar. It's like they're death fetish soulmates. Yeah, exactly. And But, you know, those two spent a great deal of time
1: talking. I mean, they had hundreds of emails back and forth talking about potential victims, including Gilberto's wife, Kathleen, and Kimberly, who was actually his friend from college, can you imagine let's swap cannibal recipes I, I mean i'm again i just i cannot wrap my my mind around that just when you think it can't get any worse it gets worse because both men felt that kimberly was the most viable option for them to kidnap and eat do you know why
0: like why did they pick her
1: i'm really not sure i mean I, it's really hard to comprehend What makes these fetishers tick, especially a fetisher that's going to take stance that they want to kidnap, torture, and eat somebody? It goes on, and Gilberto gave Meat Market Man a detailed picture of where he lived, saying he had a place in the mountains in upstate New York, away from prying eyes. But this was a lie. I mean, big shock. He also said that he had a big... Gas oven that they could then cook the 30 year old in. But the meat market man quickly expressed, you know, some skepticism over Gilberto's claims. I'm not really sure why, but he just, I think he was doubting him. And he, he actually wrote to him and said, you know, seldom seen an oven
0: big enough to take a whole body. He was basically saying, like, there aren't ovens that big.
1: Yeah. And then he <laughs> asked him for the dimension of the oven to see if it was big enough.
0: So He's calling him out. He's like, I'm for real. I really want to cook, Kimberly. Don't make up the oven size. How are we going to do this? Well,
1: and he he kept questioning. I mean, he went on to say he wasn't even sure if Kimberly would fit in the oven, even if she was very small.
0: Her size was perhaps what made her the best target. I
1: think so. I mean, they were sharing photos, too. So maybe, you know, they both liked the way she looked. But I would assume that size played a role into it. Meat Market Man realized that he needed to come up with something. And so he suggested that he and Gilberto eat Kimberly alive instead of Ew. cooking her. And yeah. And so they go back and forth for a while and they agree to carry out the cooking of Kimberly on September 3rd, 2012, which is the American Labor Day Bank holiday. And Gilberto wrote, Labor Day is September 3rd. So I'll go to her place on September 2nd. We can kidnap her from there and we'll get her cooking on Monday afternoon. And yeah, and meat market man replies with, I thought she was for Thanksgiving. I I just am shocked. And Gilberto, I am too. Well, he writes that. It's back. so hard to. I'm
0: sorry. I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but it's just so hard to believe that this guy Thanksgiving, this family feast holiday, he's like, wait, I want, I want to kidnap and eat somebody on Thanksgiving.
1: Yeah, Grow. Our meal is going to be named Kimberly. I mean, that is absolutely awful and, and frightening to know that these kind of conversations and thoughts are going on amongst the fetishers you know, again, there's over 100,000 of them worldwide. And, you know, the likelihood that they're in our own neighborhoods is pretty high. And it's very scary to me.
0: Yeah, it's dangerous for men like this to be finding each other and banding together.
1: Exactly. After meat market man replies, hey, I thought she was for Thanksgiving. Gilberto writes back and says, no, it's going to be too cold for a cookout. Meat Market Man then replies right back and says, when do you want me over and will I be staying with you? I mean, he's just going to push ahead. He, he wants this to happen.
0: And so, yeah, and they're actually very logistical. You know, they're talking about what meal she's going to be for, what the weather's like, where, how this plan is going to unfold, where they're going to stay. It seems very real.
1: It seems very real. And they just continue to up the stakes because Gilberto sends a video of Kimberly in her bikini on vacation and sends it over. And Meat Market Man is lamenting after he sees this video that there isn't a lot of time to purchase these plane tickets to the U.S. So he's going to be looking for cheap deals because he really wants to meet Kimberly.
0: So we were right. He is a cheapskate. He's got to the cheap deals on air. He's flustered. It's like seeing that video of her in the bikini. He's like, I have to get there
1: now. <laughs> Boom! We we called it. So a few days later, Meat Market Man writes and says, "Are you going to go through with this? I've been let down before. This is why I tend to work alone." And that statement scares the hell out of me because that. Imp- Implicate that he's done it before, don't you think?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that you had said earlier that it was the part where we were talking about him trying to get a deal. He said that he had already eaten two people.
1: Absolutely. I mean, he just, I believe him. I, I believe him too. So Gilberto doubles down and he sends back this blueprint to review. And it's a document that's entitled Abducting and Cooking Kimberly. A blueprint. And it contains photos of Kimberly as, along with this well-detailed biography of her.
0: <laughs> it's just so weird. It's just really what? scary. Why would they want to have a biography of her? guess they want to know
1: about everything they can about what's going to be their meal. I mean, I, I don't know. And I don't say that in jest. I don't understand how these fetishers think but that you know that's what they're going for here and then meet market man downloaded it and he asked for kimberly's exact address saying he needed it for googling using the map app that's what he wrote so he could see for himself where she lived i almost get the vibe here that maybe he's thinking about going to do it himself kimberly's over here living her life has no idea that these people are wanting to cook her so scary And so, you know, the story continues. A few days later, he emails another request and says, I want to be involved in the planning and I want an address so I can check out the area. He wants to know about the nearest police stations. He wants to know if maybe there are video cameras nearby. I mean, he's going to great lengths to make sure they're not going to get caught because he intends to go through with this.
0: And he said he's already done it before. So he's thinking he wants this to be a smooth operation. It sounds like he selects his victims uh, with these things in mind. He's going to pick somebody that's not near a police station. He's going to make sure that there's no video cameras near their house. Yeah, he's he's
1: going all out. Then they go further and they discuss how to make chloroform at home so they can knock Kimberly out. And any other victims they might want to kidnap while they're together. So they're talking about maybe they may, may add a few people to the list.
0: Yeah, there's not an end for these two. For me, this sounds like a very solid plan. He, meat market man, is looking for tickets actively. I have no doubt in my mind that these two men are really, they're really wanting to do this. They plan on it.
1: Yeah, they're determined.
0: It continues to escalate the more that they focus on it. And so, of course, they are not done with this discussion. They go on to discuss other potential victims. There is a young girl named Kristen Ponticelli. She was a young softball star in Queens, New York. She was a 20-year-old college student at the time that she was brought up into this cannibal kidnapping scheme. Gilberto, of course, has scouted her out. I'm assuming he saw her in person and liked what he saw because he's describing this young 20-year-old girl as, quote, the most desirable piece of meat I've ever met.
1: Oh, gosh, that's dark. Ew.
0: And he even goes on to say that she's 10 years younger than his wife Kimberly and has a better body. He's a pig. Absolutely, it was just so disgusting, so they go ahead and decide that they want her as a another victim, but they search for her address and they they couldn't find exactly the information they needed on her, so I guess they decided to just let her go in favor of another victim that they had in mind. They started. Talking back and forth in their emails after that about a 28 year old named Andrea Noble. Again, somebody that Gilberto knew. He knew her from college, and she had gone on after college to become a U.S. prosecutor.
1: Want to eat a U.S. prosecutor?
0: Yeah, for some reason, it's like always Gilberto's connections. So he picks out the women, he's scouting them out, and he's like offering them up. To meet Market Man. But I guess they decided against kidnapping Andrea after a lot of planning as well, because they decided it was just gonna be too difficult to abduct her because of her job.
1: This is just unreal.
0: It gets to a point where it's just like snowballing out of control. And I really feel like these two freaks are like a match made in hell. I want to say thank God for Kathleen, Gilberto's wife because she had some spidey senses going on here. She had some inkling that something wasn't right with Gilberto. She may have been a new mom. She may have been sleep deprived, but she could feel that there was something up with him. She had been waking up some nights and she was noticing that he wasn't coming to bed and that he was staying up on the computer and she wanted to know why. She was assuming that it was going to be a classic affair. So she installed some spyware on his computer to figure out who he was chatting with. Go, 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 girl. Yes. So she gets this software, the spyware on his computer, thinking that she's going to figure out who the other woman is. And what she discovers is so much worse. She finds Gilberto's secret world. She finds all his friends on Dark Fetish Net. She finds all the emails. And she even finds those photos that he had been posting in Cook Them or Kill Them. And she sees pictures of herself up on Dark Fetish Net and reads all these comments about what these horrifying death fetishers are planning to do to her.
1: I just cannot imagine the terror she felt in that moment, knowing that her photo was posted in these sites, but knowing that her husband was talking about kidnapping,
0: killing and eating women. Yeah, and encouraging other people to make plans like that for her. He's basically offering his wife up on a platter to these disgusting cannibals. And so she sees these photos. She reads all these conversations. She's terrified at this point. She actually f- flees their home immediately. She grabs their daughter and she just goes. She goes and stays with family and never comes back.
1: Thank God.
0: Yeah, I'm sure she felt like she was in the middle of a horror movie. I can just picture her re- you know, grabbing like just the baby and getting out of there. It's like a horror movie playing out in real life, and I I feel so bad for her and also fortunate that she had the, the good sense to look into this. So they do eventually have a conversation where she lets him know that she found all of this. And of course, Gilberto tries to explain it all away, and he says, this is all just fantasy.
1: That's their favorite line, isn't it?
0: Yeah. He says, I'm really only sexually aroused by the thought of tying up a woman. And I am pretty aroused about the thought of having a woman like trust like a turkey on a platter with an apple in her mouth. But I don't actually want to kill him. I don't actually want to eat him. But Kathleen doesn't believe him at all. Uh, No, Nor should
1: she after what she had seen.
0: Yeah, she was terrified. She had already decided the relationship was over, that she was never going to feel safe around him. And she went and submitted a tip to the FBI with all of the proof that she had found. She let them know that she feared and had proof of her husband's intention to carve and eat her and other women.
1: Good for her. I'm proud of her.
0: And I am so happy to report that the FBI, they were very responsive to this tip. Six FBI agents came out and arrested him at gunpoint in his apartment hallway. And Gilberto was taken in for questioning, arrested, and denied bail totally.
1: Good for the FBI. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that good. That's he
0: got what he deserved. He needed to be taken off the streets. Absolutely. And as you can imagine, the news of his arrest was just sensational. A cop in New York City who's planning to kidnap, kill and eat women. That's horrifying. And I'm sure that that people just couldn't believe that it was real. So there was a lot of coverage of this arrest. And the news just spread like wildfire. The media gave him a nickname. They, they started to call him cannibal cop. Oh, that's not good for the department. Not at all. Gilberto, he was incarcerated and he eventually did have a trial and there was even more evidence revealed in the trial. So one of the things that they went through were his Google searches, like the Google search history, and that looked pretty bad. He had searched for how to abduct a girl. Wow. How to chloroform a girl. How to prepare human meat. Oh, oh. Where to find huge cooking trays. What? And how to cook a woman alive. Gosh, this is terrible. Yeah, so I don't think that this was just a fantasy, like he was trying to tell Kathleen. And he also had that Microsoft Word document on his computer that he had sent to Meat Market Man, the one that was called Abducting and Cooking Kimberly, a blueprint. So they they found that and they read that. And when they asked him about it, Gilberto swore that all these searches were just research for his erotica writing, just so that he could make his stories less repetitive.
1: Yeah, sure, Gilberto.
0: I'm sorry. This makes me think about how you and I always joke about how if anybody looked at <laughs> at our search, our Google searches that we'd be in jail too. But we really are researching all of these people to expose them. But I don't think Gilberto had any humanitarian efforts going on here. He was absolutely uh, just obsessed with these fantasies and sexually aroused by them. There's no way this was just story writing for him.
1: No, and we're not looking up how to chloroform a girl or how to prepare human meat. You know, we're trying to take down a fetish industry that's dangerous to women throughout the world as seen by the story that we're telling. So I'll take my chances.
0: Yeah, I think it's worth it. But sometimes when I'm typing in the search terms I need to get to, I do cringe. I'm like, oh, um, but none of them quite as graphic as those. So Gilberto is quoted as saying, I just did this to write the stories. And he says, oh, that's why people like to do role plays with me. I would get very detailed and focus on the small things that other people wouldn't.
1: Yeah, like how to preheat the oven before he cooked a human. I mean, come on.
0: When I, when I read that, it takes me back to the FBI research about serial rapists and murderers. They actually say that serial rapists and murderers have pervasive fantasies for years and that what makes them different from other people is that these fantasies are extremely detailed. They are extremely focused on the small details, savoring every last Moment of these fantasies until those fantasies just aren't enough anymore.
1: There's no doubt in my mind that that's what was happening here between these two men.
0: Absolutely. We've seen it over and over again. I'm positive if he had not been interrupted by Kathleen, that this would have happened to one of these women.
1: Yeah, I agree with you.
0: Gilberto had been using the DMV database at work to run girls' names and access their addresses for his plans.
1: Did he get charged separately for that, or do we know? I mean, that's an awful, awful thing.
0: Yeah, he did get a charge for that on top of his other charges. Good. So these factors all come into play as the judge and jury had to decide whether Gilberto truly intended to act out the fantasies or if he was, as he said, just writing stories with no intention. Another thing that helped in his conviction is that his wife, Kathleen, testified against him in court.
1: I know that must have been very scary for her to do, but I'm so glad that she found the courage to stand up. I mean, can you imagine what that would be like for her?
0: Yeah, I think it was important to her. She was, even by the time the trial came around, she still felt so strongly that this was a dangerous man that needed to be in jail. And so at the end of the trial, Gilberto was found guilty of conspiracy to kidnap, and he did get that additional charge for for abusing his privileges at work to get addresses of potential victims. And so he was sent to prison.
1: And that's great. I want to cheer again. I I wish I could. But unfortunately, this happy ending melted away when a judge took a second look at the case. Because Gilberto had mentioned that he would kidnap women in this white van, but he didn't own a van. He didn't own a white van. And he talked about, remember, that he had a stove in the basement of this secluded mountain house, and he had said that he had a stove that was big enough to cook a female body in. But he didn't have a mountain house, and he didn't have a giant stove. What a liar. Uh, Pinocchio. So because of these details, a judge decided to reverse the charges. So after 21 months in prison, Gilberto was freed, and eventually, you're not going to believe this. Fully exonerated, despite the district attorney's office making an appeal. I mean, they were horrified, like you and I, and wanting to keep him behind bars. And Gilberto is free now, and he works as a construction worker. He says he didn't deserve to be arrested, he didn't deserve to be convicted of conspiracy to kidnap, and he didn't deserve to be sentenced to life in prison just because he wrote a few things.
0: That's unbelievable. Like it makes my skin crawl to hear you say that, that he doesn't think he deserved any of that. That's disgusting.
1: It is. It's absolutely terrible. And as I sometimes like to do on (laughs) these episodes, I like to kind of throw something in there to kind of shake it up for everybody. But I wanted to let everybody know that uh, Gilberto goes by Gil and he's on Facebook. And I just could not resist Sending him a Facebook message and a friend request. Did he respond? He did. I told him about our podcast. I asked if he wanted to be a guest. And he congratulated me on the podcast. But he said, and I quote, I'm going to pass on the opportunity. I appreciate it, though. I've settled into a new life and have moved on from the case. And I'm just done talking about it. And so I'm trying to be friendly here. I. Thanked him for getting back to me so quickly. And he said, Of course, you're welcome. And I just looked up your book too, and it looks interesting. I'll check it out soon. He has a book. And so I told him I'd order his book too. And we decided we were going to stay connected. And, you know, now I'm thinking maybe I'll go and friend him on Facebook because he may be thinking about eating me next.
0: After he reads your book, I can't wait for you to tell me what else there is in his book i feel like i would be too angry to read it like i'd be yelling at it the whole time i feel like it's probably just 180 pages of him talking about what a good guy he is
1: i don't know i mean i looked through some of the things on facebook and as you know i'm sitting in the recording studio today i just unfriended him i actually forgot that we were still friends on facebook so goodbye gilberto um you know, he looks like a normal guy. And that's what, you know, I hope that we can hammer home in these episodes. You cannot just pick out a fetisher off the street. You can't do it. They look like everyday people.
0: They're in all communities, even in positions like police officers, even people that you think are public servants that are going to be out there doing good. It could still be a deaf fetisher. It's terrifying. But we just want to thank everyone for listening today, and we hope that you'll join us next week for part two of this episode, where we need to take some time and space to discuss who Meat Market Man is and reveal two other men who were charged with crimes as a result of chats they had with Gilberto, with Girl Meat Hunter. So there was just way too much content to put into one episode. So we're going to give it the time and attention it deserves next week.
1: Thank you so much for listening today. If you have a deep, dark secret about your community that you would like us to expose, please reach out to us and tell us at Podcasts at gmail.com. And remember, please keep your lights on.
0: For exclusive content from this episode and all other episodes, head on over to our Patreon, patreon.com backslash Sign up and you'll be able to see some visuals that accompany each episode.